Saturday night. It's the sideline junkie, so you know that's only means one thing. It's the WrestleManiacs. What's up? What's up? So, I mean, we we we, we got to start off a little different this week. I mean, you can't hear it or you can't see it, but I'm patting myself on the back because I called two major events that happened this week in the world of wrestling. And both of them happened on SmackDown, so I'm good with that. Oh, you saw my debut? Oh, your debut? Hey, you didn't see me, you didn't see me show up on SmackDown? and Well, it was a dark match, but you know. No, I, I seen uh, the return of Rhino. Yes, yes, there was a goal I, there. Yes, yes. I, I called that. And then also, it's officially Rusev Day. Every day. Yeah, but even more now, because he is what? The United States champion. Actually, he's him. more than that, man. He is, uh, in my opinion, the owner of Match of the Night. Mm, really? Yeah, I, I, I had no choice, man. That that match, three commercial breaks deep, 15 minutes plus. Great story being told. Can't argue with it. Match of the Night, hands down. Well, you know what? Let's start this off the perfect way. Um, let's let me throw this little throwback note out there real quick. Twenty years ago today, which is December 29th, two thousand eighteen, so December twenty ninth, nineteen ninety eight. For some of us, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it really is. It's twenty years. Uh, the one that we called mankind, Mister Mick Foley. Mrs. Foley's baby boy won the WWF title and put butts in the seat on this day 20 years ago. And thanks to a call by Eric Bischoff, the Monday Night Wars changed forever and that started the downfall of WCW. Allegedly. Oh, uh, can't be allegedly. I mean, that was the same 20 years ago. (laughs) But now, granted, this match was pre-recorded and it didn't show until the following Monday but of course Tony Schiavone what did he say you turn over to Raw Mick Foley wins the championship that ought to put some butts in the seats 60,000 people turned their channel and it was the main event that night so 60,000 people turned off Nitro and Nitro had touted uh Kevin Nash versus Goldberg in a rematch for the uh, WCW title, which mm-hmm. never happened. Nash wound up wrestling a returning Hollywood Hogan, which was the infamous finger poke of doom match. So <laughs> I think that that course of events really uh, swung the pendulum to WWF at the time, currently WWE. Right. And then it also gave the, uh, that's why I say allegedly, the um, powers that be at Time Warner the extra little bit of ammunition they needed to go ahead and make their moves, which really caused the downfall of WCW. Well, 
But that's a great, uh, great throwback to exactly what happened several years ago, or maybe two yeah. for some of us. Yeah, because it really wasn't that far. It wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't. But we had a Bang. lot going on on um, the Xmas editions of Raw and SmackDown. Yes, Raw indeed. Being the Christmas Eve show, and then SmackDown airing on Christmas Day, or actually, I'm sorry, airing on Rusev Day. So yes, indeed. Different feel on Raw this week. Raw actually had that nice little scissor reel that I talked about SmackDown having, which was a good setup for everything that was supposed to happen from uh, beginning to end match-wise. So it pretty much gave you the card for SmackDown. So it was good to see that. I'm sorry, well, the card for Raw, but in that SmackDown feel. So it gave it a, a different aura. It made it feel different. It made it flow differently. And then you opened up with um, Elias and Lashley at the Miracle on 34th Street to just get the holiday festivities in there and also out of the way, which one of the big spots on that was the Legos, which we all know <laughs> if you've ever stepped on a Lego, that's not a good feeling. So to be uh, backdropped on a Lego is also not cool. Or to be hit with a cello, also not cool. But more importantly, my highlight of the match was the homage to Raven when the bowling ball came out. Yes, indeed. I I kind of sort of knew you were going to go there. <laughs> and when I seen it, I said, yeah, we've seen this before, but I liked it. Even though he couldn't get the same amount of distance that he should have got from corner to corner, but still was very effective. Yeah, I don't think Lashley was up for the official Raven special. But it was still good to see. Uh, that was a good thing. So it was a good call up to a Christmas story and also – for uh, those smart marks, the first thing they should have thought it was Raven. Then the second person, they should have thought it was Tommy Dreamer. And the third person would have been Mick Foley. I, I, I truly enjoyed it. Um, I, the, the, the whole Lego chant is what did it for me. And, of course, like you said, if you've ever stepped on a Lego, you know the pain. And then to see the Lego stuck to Lashley's back. Mm. I wish you would have gotten a little bit more cleaner, though. Yeah, a, a fullback. Not to wish pain on Lashley. <laughs> if you're going to do the spot, you might as well get all of it. But one thing that I wondered uh, during that match was when are they finally going to give Leo Rush that uh, push as maybe, you know, put him on 205 Live as a cruiserweight or even bring him up to the Raw roster and, and just have I love to see him and Rey Mysterio go at it because if you don't know, Leo Rush can actually wrestle mm -hmm. very, very well. But, well, with uh, Mustafa Ali getting called up, that could also call back Leo Rush. I don't foresee the Lashley Rush thing going too much longer. I don't foresee the Elias Lashley angle going too much longer. So I think they're going to purge that. Leo will just kind of transition back over to 205 Live. And then we'll, we'll see what happens from there to give him his opportunity. Well, after that, um, what do we have? Oh, we had a Champions, Yeah. One of the notes I took, the Revival are very under, underrated. Yeah. 
I, I feel that they're, that they're very underrated. Oh, and throwback to the last match. I, I, I thought that was a very well put together match by Elias and uh, Lashley. Mm-hmm. They, they did their thing. I, I really can't say that. But um, Chad Gable, he doesn't look like the deer in the headlights being alongside uh, Bobby Roode anymore. He he looks like he 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 deserves to walk shoulder to shoulder. Almost, I don't know. I think he still needs to develop his own character. Yeah, he's like. It's like they're almost, in my opinion, trying to recreate the magic of the world's greatest tag team with Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. And I thought we were going to get close to that when he was tagging with uh, Shelton Benjamin. But, I don't know, Gable just needs to to, to find his his own niche. Right now, it looks like um, he's wrestling with Nature Boy and he's Little Nature. (laughs) Not taking anything away from him from his uh, credentials and his accolades, but yeah, I just want to see Chad Gable be Chad Gable and Bobby Roode be Bobby Roode. So that way you can have you know that that beer money feel. Or, I mean, just a thought: you could bring James Storm on over and recreate beer money. Yeah, I mean. Him and Bobby Roode tagged together for what eight years. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a lot of chemistry there. Yeah, anything is possible, especially now. I think that they're going to open the uh, the the wallet a little bit and start calling some people in and, and making some things happen. You know, we're doing things as we talked about last week a little bit sooner than WrestleMania, but you know, the the new season begins the Monday night after WrestleMania, so we'll see exactly with real major opportunities are going to be popping in. So that, that is something could happen. Now you're talking about opening up the pocketbook and new season coming. Kevin Owens in a series of vignettes, the second week in a row, he's announcing his return. Now, I really believe that when KO returns, he is going to flip Raw upside down. Yeah, I think he's going to return and uh, and really make a mark at the Rumble. He's got to be a, uh, at least an entrant into the Rumble. Now, who's going to win the Rumble? We still have to see. Because technically, under normal circumstances, they would be getting ready to gear up to do the World Rumble qualifiers and all that stuff and, you know, draw things out. So that's what all the matches will be. We'll see if that still happens. But I would imagine that he would be a major player, possibly one of the final four, along with R-Truth. In the word rumble. Now, see, here's where a a slight problem, not a really, really big problem, but a slight problem I have with KO coming back. Why am I not getting vignettes for Bray to come back? That's what I'm on. He's just going to show up. He's just going to show up. And that's the entrance he deserves to make now. Exactly how that's going to be, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised with uh, the current events of what happened with Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe that Jeff maybe becomes woken at the same time when we get Brother Nero. Who knows? We'll have to see exactly how that plays. I could go either way, which I would not be upset with. I would not be upset with Matt Hardy being in a manager role 
because he's still under contract with WWE doing different live event appearances and and PR and stuff like that. So why can't he be uh, a manager for those two? Well, um, <laughs> yeah, think about that. You've been saying that for what? Uh, maybe about a month and a half now, and obviously. Uh, the powers that be within the WWE. Hey, I just made a rhyme there. Uh, they are listening to the sideline junkies because not only are they taking uh, cues from us as far as the women's tag team championship, which we talked about months ago, but the way to bring back Bray Wyatt, uh, turning Jeff Hardy into Brother Nero, and all these things that the Don has said are going to come to pass. So I know some the right person is listening to this show. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a person in the back like, yeah, I got an idea, Vince. We know you heard it from us. We know. Uh, next match of the night, Finn Balor, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre. Triple threat match. Mm, it was okay. It, it, it left a lot to be desired, but the whole time I'm looking... I'm thinking in my mind, somehow, some way, Finn Balor will be your next Universal Champion. Eventually. No, nah, I mean, he, I think I'm saying next in line because I'm I'm looking, but it won't be a long reign. I think it'll be maybe like a a three or four, three four. No, no, let me rephrase that: a four to six week reign, and then Drew McIntyre snatch it up off him because a lot of fans are getting upset that. The universal title. And I've heard people call Brock Lesnar the worst universal champion ever. And that's pretty hard to say. You know, looking at it as the universal championship is what? A couple of years old, maybe three years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I think that's just marks. They're not even smart. They're just marks. It's like, why, why, what would make him the worst universal champion ever? He's because being built. But that's what he's built as. That that's a corporate decision. He didn't do that on his own. He did that in contractual obligation. He said, "Hey, this is what I want to have." They said, "Hey, we want to put Brock Lesnar um, on as the Universal Champion. We want to have Brock keep the belt." I mean, that's not all on Brock. Brock's going out there doing what he needs to do to get the paycheck. His matches aren't bad. He's doing what he's supposed to do. When you come out there, you chant Suplex City, and then you're expecting to, to count how many suplexes he's going to do on Roman Reigns and John Cena and all this other stuff. He's there to build and catapult, and he's also there to do what he's supposed to do, put butts in the seats. He's that attraction. He's that Andre the Giant. So then on the flip side, it's also the corporate decision to keep the belt on him and then have other people as a in, in the old mode, I guess, wrestle for other matches and opportunities and all this stuff and stretch it out as they try to find ways to build up Roman Reigns. And then they have that person go up against Brock and Brock does what he needs to do and he retains the title. It's not on Brock. Brock is doing what Brock is supposed to do as a beast. In my opinion. But so you say I don't you think say, anybody can be mad. He's doing his job. You say your opinion. And one thing about it is that Yep. It may say your opinion. That's about all I can offer. But, I mean, you're absolutely right. 
That's the thing. You're absolutely right. Now, me personally, I'm so used to I, – I remember the old Brock Lesnar where he, he would come down and, you know, you get to talk and, you know, he bounce at the top of the stage and he comes down and he's going to destroy you. Then he's walking back up the ramp. And that was on a Monday night or at the time on a Thursday night. It didn't matter. So I'm I'm not used to this uh, more of a <sighs> corporate Brock Lesnar, I will say. I'm not used to that per se, but I understand because this is not his only interest. Uh, training for UFC, trying to be hopefully the universal champion in WWE along with the heavyweight champion in UFC it's not a, a far-fetched goal. I think it, it, it would be – it's very attainable, and I think we will, we will see it come 2019. Yeah, not only that, but you got to look at the depth chart that Brock had back then. The class that he graduated from uh, OVW and FCW and uh, with John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, et cetera, you had so many players that was on SmackDown and Raw at the time it it wouldn't even have been feasible to have him hold the belt and be the beast and, and do what he's doing now because that belt could change hands through any one of those at that time. Now, what who do you have at that level? I mean, realistically speaking, at that level of potential that could bounce that belt around right now on a split roster of rack that, a SmackDown or... Monday Night Raw. So to have Brock be that guy that's going to hold the belt and he only needs to pop in, well, you have somebody major, but it has to be somebody that can legitimately take the belt and then move on. Now, if Daniel Bryan was on the same show, then that would have been a great call to make to have Daniel Bryan beat Brock Lesnar. But because of what it was being Survivor Series, it was 1v1. Um, as much as I like Finn Balor, Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar just another Suplex City Fest uh, Roman Reigns is out and they've also done it a couple times Braun Strowman, they keep teasing it but Strowman just needs to get a little bit better on his mic skills to be able to hold the belt for two months, three months for a title reign or longer and then it's kind of a gray area of opportunity for whoever wants to step up and make that happen to be able to take the belt from Brock Lesnar. We've been talking about him a lot, but if properly built, properly built and properly set up, Bray Wyatt could be that next one. So you would have that undertaker S type of element to go up against Brock Lesnar. So you have opportunities that are coming, but at, at that moment from a business decision, if I was booking it and because I know that Paul Heyman can cut a promo, of a lifetime to put butts in the seats because I know people still want to see what Lesnar is going to do and how it's going to balance out. I would continue to keep Brock Lesnar as a champion until I have somebody worthy enough to take it. And that's not going to be until this match on the UFC is booked. And then Lesnar's going to have to really go into training camp. And that's about a month and a half out from the match at a minimum. And then, you know, that belt's going to have to be dropped or it's going to have to be a title defense, and then it'll be that that breakup. So it just depends on the timing. But I don't foresee him losing 
that belt for a long period until that match is over. Because like I said, like I said, what was that, uh, maybe almost a month ago, it's best for business. Something that's never been done. It's the equivalent of Kurt Angle, young Kurt Angle, having the WWF championship and then going to compete in the Olympics and winning the gold medal with a broken neck. The publicity alone going into the Fox deal that'll be coming up very soon for SmackDown Live. Um, The new field they're trying to go with, everything they're trying to do, the promotion alone from just Brock Lesnar walking onto a UFC stage with that belt is going to go through the roof. That's the equivalent, in my opinion, of a lunch of blaze walking on to Monday Nitro with the Divas Women's Championship back then. It's good for business. Sometimes Mark's got to be quiet and just think about it from a, a, an aspect of what would I like to see on TV instead of, oh, that person's horrible. Now, if they're horrible for Brock Lesnar trying to talk all the time, it's just not coming through. We know it's not Brock's strong suit. So if Brock was out there doing it and it was just him by himself and no Paul Heyman, then, yeah, you're not going to want to see him because it's going to be hard to, you know, it's going to be Bobby Lashley, for lack of a better term. But that is true. So, you know, sometimes you just have to make that business decision from the back end, and you just have to ride the wave until you have somebody to put in there. And the unfortunate thing, Roman Reigns kind of derails stuff a little bit. So you, you have to see exactly which ways you can play with that. You could also throw it to Dean Ambrose. He can take a beating. He's playing up that 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 Stone Cold-esque type of vibe. So you can have that slide in there. I, I would also have The Rock come back. Doesn't need to, but why not? We we some of us are kind of starved for that one one more run from The Rock because out of all your attitude era stars, I think he's the only one that's the healthiest. Mm-hmm. That could give you that type of show from you know that would be would still be attitude era esque, and it'd be perfect. But but just think about that. Not to cut you off. No. What if that happened with the Rock schedule? He would be under the same type of contract. So if the Rock was a champion and he was wrestling every two months three months only on the pay-per-views and show up for just uh, to cut a promo and then that's all that you see. Would they say The Rock was the worst champion ever? No. Of course not. Because if you won a belt for that limited run, that's what it would be. It wouldn't. He would have to have a, a clean slate of a schedule and he runs his own production company, so he's got plans and things in the books and now on TV show that he's, he's got to get off the ground and really get some momentum on so that way he can have a second season. So if he was to get the belt, then it will be on a limited run and limited dates. He could keep it for a year, but you may only see him half the time. What do you say? Well, hey, long as he defends it every 30 days, he's well within uh, legal rights <laughs> of being a title holder. But right. you got to also realize, and I, I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly, if it's best for business, it's best for business. But I think it's more of the the younger 
marks that are doing this. Now, us that are older, a little bit wiser, smarter, we remember a time where you didn't see Hulk Hogan on Superstars on, on, on Saturday morning. You saw him sometimes on Saturday night main event. But really and truly, when you saw Hogan wrestle, it was at a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. When you seen him come out, it was at a pay-per-view. You might get a, a promo like uh, when uh, uh, Earthquake sat on his chest on uh, the Dude Love show. You know, that was on Superstars, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you get things like that, but that's it's pretty much the same thing. But it builds up either the love for the character or the hate. But either way, it's good for business. You're going to either tune in to see him win or you're going to tune in to see him lose. But you still tuned in. Yep. So I, I see but, exactly what you mean. But here's the thing with that, though. At that time, pretty much everybody could cut a promo. Yes. Yes. And that was the big difference right there. Now, really, this is still some promo class opportunities that are necessary. Hmm. And, but that's, uh, speaking of which, uh, <laughs> well, we talk about promos Let's jump forward a little bit and jump back. Um, Paul Heyman came out, and he got confronted by Braun Strowman. And every time – I didn't do it at first until I, I really sat down. I listened to what you say. It's like I'm, I'm studying at your feet here. And I listened to what you said about Braun Strowman's mic skills. And he really, really needs to polish up. I mean, yeah, the whole – Get these hands. Okay, I'm good with that. But it's what you say before that that makes me lose. And I'm like, okay, once you say get this hands, all right, bet, let's go. It doesn't doesn't make me inspired hearing him cut a promo. Yeah, it's just uh, he's like on that Randy Orton situation where he just needs somebody to promo off of. To, to work that piece of the pie out. And that was also part of the interesting rut of everybody that was really in place that they separated and did some different shifting and stuff with that didn't come from NXT and had the opportunity to really hone a good amount of skills in a performance center. So is he gotten much better? Yes, because he's not shaking. He's flowing a little bit better. But I think he just needs... Well, the first thing I think to get these hands needs to be the punch of some sort, not uh, a slam or anything like that, because at that point you get this slam. So it needs to be some type of physical attack that has to go in to put the stamp on it. So that get these hands is not just a T-shirt, which is pretty much what it is now and a a cool catchphrase, but it's mostly a T-shirt. And then the second thing, is he needs somebody to promo off of. And we'll see what happens with Lars Sullivan um, that can really bring out his character. 
he's a big guy. He comes down, does a squash match, and then you're good to go or, or work it out. But uh, what was that? I don't know if I, I can't remember if I posted that to you or posted it on Facebook. But uh, it was a return of Sting that happened, uh, I want to say, in Baltimore. And the first little clip of it showed the big show doing a kip up. So it looks like the Scrooge is back in the uh, production truck. Yeah. Where'd you lo- where, where did uh, you lose me? Baltimore Big Show. Oh yeah, the kip up. <laughs> yeah, that's where and, and it's like that's where I totally lost you. Oh shoot, I just seen that video, but um, yeah, you saw Big Show kip up, which was already amazing to see, and that, that reminded me of Braun Strowman and his athleticism that is not being heavily utilized, which is not his fault. It's just not allowed big men for him to have that type of match that you can see his speed, his agility. Hopefully, Lars Sullivan solves that because it's, it's a foregone conclusion, in my opinion. He's going to Raw. He would he would be not fully utilized on a, the SmackDown side because you need somebody to fill that big man void while Braun is focused on other things. But see, I you know I was thinking about it earlier today. I thought I, I, the way I saw it, I saw Lars going to SmackDown really? because he could actually dominate SmackDown because that, just that it's not anybody out there that can challenge him, whether it be big, medium, little. It's not nobody on SmackDown that's going to challenge him. I think he was staying head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, that, but that would be the same thing that they did with Braun, but then it didn't get him anywhere from a character building perspective. I think uh, Braun needs some competition at his level, something that Big Show never really had until the this stage in the game where there's bigger guys that he can go up against. Unfortunately, he put him over. But, um, you know, like both members of the Brudgeon Brothers and Braun Strowman, Show put all of them over. So it's kind of hard to go back and have a, a, a great dominated match where Show may come out on top against those guys since he's put them over so much. But, I think this could be a great thing for Braun. It could be a great, great thing for Lars to have them face each other 
and then you can build uh, another big man's division or or feel from that. Then you could have Lars, you could have Braun, you could have Brock, um, Drew McIntyre. When he, um, well, I'll see who else could uh, come to that mix. If they uh, let him go free, I would put Killian Dane in that, even though he's not a big man, but he's like uh, a younger rhino in stature. You can have Big Cass uh, if he finally gets cleared and healthy. He can come back. Big Cass can do it. So there's a, a lot of opportunity there than to just have him go over to SmackDown and he beat everybody. But then, I mean, you know, it depends on what they want to do, but I don't know. But the, the real question is, when he grabs a microphone, what's going to happen? Yeah, well, that's true. Um, there wasn't that much of him on NXT. No. And I don't know. I would have rather him. I don't know. If he, can, if he can handle the mic and do his thing, then I'm happy. But if he comes in and he's the equivalent of Kevin Nash's uh, impersonation of the Big Show or the Rock's impersonation <laughs> of the Big Show. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Then, yeah, I don't see why they would have pulled him up to the main roster. So, we'll see. Uh, Jumping back a little bit, um, we had a three-woman tag team. Uh, Bailey. Sasha Banks and Ember Moon versus Mickey James, Alicia Fox, and Dana Brooke. Uh, Dana Brooke is was kind of sort of the highlight of this match for me, even though Ember Moon and Alicia Fox uh, gave some st- what looked like to me. Maybe you've seen it different. Them kicks to the face was kind of stiff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's like when Ember Moon kicked Alicia, I was like, ooh. And then Alicia came back and kicked her again. Oh, yeah. Oh. The pop from that was not from how it normally would be done. It was from, in my opinion, real contact. Uh, first yeah. thing I thought was, oh, we got a Becky again. Yeah. But uh, you seen Ember Moon, of course. I, I love me some Ember Moon. And mm-hmm. she did Huh? I assume you are going to talk about that ring attire. Oh, my God. It gets better every week. And then I figured you were going to talk about the other thing, which was that uh, eclipse that she did. Oh, of course. I think the eclipse is one of the best moves today. And she hits it so flawlessly. And Stone Cold approves. Uh, yeah. That's and the most important thing right there. Once you get the approval of uh, of the that bald-headed SOB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, that says a lot for your career. But uh, Bailey hits the, 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 the Bailey the belly, gets the W. Um, but it was it was a pretty good match. But I, I just I, I feel that they don't when it's these three women and it, but then the riot squad comes down and kicks everybody's ass. I I just I love how destructive the riot squad is. That's what saved it that whole segment for me was that the the riot squad coming down. And I don't know, every week I'm falling more and more in love with them. Just their destructive nature. They can get there behind what the week before and they'll still come out the next week and yeah, we still going to kick you in the face. Yeah, I think they need one more member though. And I think that member needs to be Nikki Cross. And then I would have Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot actually 
get into many confrontations over who's in charge of the riot squad. Uh, what pretty much uh, was the match of the night for me? Natalia Neidhart versus Ronda Rousey. Like, I waited for a week for this. <laughs> and, like, this, I, I, I replayed it tonight a little while ago, maybe about two hours ago. And when I tell you that my bedroom was standing room only, it was standing room only. I had two daughters, a future son-in-law in there, my wife, and they're just, everybody's just like, ooh, oh, she almost got her. Ooh. And it was just one of those things. It was a, it was a great family moment, number one. But number two, everybody was pulling for Natty. It wasn't a hatred of Ronda Rousey. It was just that Natty just almost had it, almost had it, and then she would lose it. When she locked in the sharpshooter, I just kind of sort of knew that's how it was going to end. But Ronda got up. She got that arm bar locked. And once she got it locked, she didn't. Even, I only think she got it locked good before Natty tapped. But I think that was matching the night, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I had a um, notes I put down a strong mat wrestling and technique display. And then the, the story of the night was Ronda's ability to tell the story of not wanting to, for lack of a better term, go hardcore. So I agree with that, but I'm also upset that they didn't pull the trigger. Natty should have walked out with that belt. I agree. We're going to listen to the fans. Natty should have walked out with that belt. I agree. Oh, she could have held it for about two months and then lost it because Ronda's focus is going to be on the other two being Charlotte and uh, Becky Lynch. So does she really need the belt for that? No. Mm. And who else is going to take the belt from Ronda now? Natty was the best shot. Now we just put uh, Ronda into the Brock Lesnar category. Yeah. Because uh, before uh, before Natty, it was uh, Nia, but the way I kind of figured they weren't going to give it to Nia because of the buildup towards TLC, they had her. Okay, you know she's gonna she's gonna go at it for at TLC. They're gonna go at it, but it's like, okay, Nia's running from her. Nia doesn't want any parts of. Her. Oh, Nia's shoving Tamina in there. Come on, what's 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 the deal? What's what's the real deal here? Nia can't talk. <sighs> That, that that right there. That's the if that's the only thing holding her back. I mean, you got some of the great. She's related to one of the greatest talkers on the mic. But it, the thing is, if she can't come up with it off off the top of her head, they have to give her an outline, and then she has to be able to get, you know, going. If if Vicky Guerrero can get on the mic and go and, 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 you know, like really put it down on the mic the way Vicky did. I think anybody can. And I'm, that's not a knock against Vicky. Vicky just good at what she did. But Vicky didn't know that she had that potential. She grew into it from an out of tutelage 
and a lot of opportunity. Because remember, Eddie didn't really cut that many promos. When he did, they were phenomenal. Right. It, it, it was, it was, most of his words were in the ring. But for Nia, it's just finding a voice. And it, if it's going to be written, then it has to be from a writer that understands her. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't come up with it herself. Same thing like uh, the Leo Rush thing. You just have to find that thing and that makes them their individual personality and then have that be what shines out instead of just a, a general script from a Hollywood writer that doesn't understand what that person is trying to convey from a big picture standpoint. It's one thing to write, but what are you writing towards? Mm-hmm. And then we go into uh, our next to last match of Monday night. Um, Heath Slater versus Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers accompanying Jinder. And Jinder Mahal is another one you could put in that big man category. Yeah, that's true. That's another one. Because that, like, what is he, like 6'9"? Mm-hmm. Jesus. And, you know, I'm a Jinder Mahal fan. And he had to, he grew on me the same way Elias grew on me, Jinder Mahal grew on me. But I'm starting to feel like Jinder Mahal is stuck in mid-card status. No, I agree he is. But this man was a United States champion. He was a SmackDown champion. How does he come to Raw and he's bumped down to mid-card status when he should be at the top with the big dogs because he's held the title. Mm-hmm. He he knows what it's like to walk the walk. He has the mic skills. F- for lack of a better term, the, the, he passes the eye test. Put it that way. Because if you look at him... He's a physical specimen. He's what you what you envision a champion being. And then his whole character development, it's awesome. Why is he in mid-card status? Because that's the old mentality right there. We'll see if that changes. I hope. I pray. But then again, the other thing that could be a little scary is they're going to bring too many new people in, and that's still going to push out the old people. Which is, again, why they need to have another show and then transition a couple more belts like we talked about in order to balance the scales of what everybody is doing to give more opportunity so we don't have Rusev, for perfect example, being hot for the last year, but it takes them 12 months to get the belt. Right. Uh, Jinder Mahal and the Singh Brothers attack Heath Slater. Santa Claus comes out, comes into the ring, kind of gets him off of Heath, and next thing you know, he's clotheslining, and then you see that going, the beard and the hat comes off. Who is it? It's Rhino. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is back. I believe I called that one, so uh, yeah, I get to thump my chest a little bit on that one. Now you go ahead and stretch it out a little bit. Take Take a little bit of credit. Yeah. Take the bow, stand, stand and deliver. I was all you there, sir. And just because I'm from D on that one, if you're old enough, you know what the hee haw is. So yeah, I'm, I was really all right. Somebody hit the button in the that. truck. Hit the button in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> then I cut that apparently. 
No, because everybody loves the hee-haw. <laughs> but I, I was very happy about that. I mean, it was just the the, the, the pop that he got to come back um, because of the way he was – I'm using air quotations here – let go wasn't right, but he came back to help his boy Heath. And uh, back up a little bit, the, the interaction between Ronda Rousey and Natalya after the match, it's like – Rhonda came down. She was all business. Natty was all business. But after that, you know, they they kept saying all through the match how Natty had took her under the wing, under her wing when she came to WWE and she did this and she did that. They travel together. They do this. I'm all for that. But when it comes down to a title shot, I got to be ready to bust your head open to win this title. Mm-hmm. And I think that they 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 conveyed that right then and there from the Natty but perspective. I, yes. Right. And but after the match, just Rhonda looked like she was just so hurt she had to put her in the arm bar. Which in my opinion, I'm like, it's an arm bar. You're not actually causing any damage yet. Why mm. are you freaking out? It's not that serious. You're overselling the arm bar without having the arm bar in there. And I don't know. Yeah, I agree. That that I would have rather Natty push her away. So that we could set up a rubber match and then they would have another match next week or the following week or at the pay-per-view that could lead to her dropping the belt. And right then and there, this is that's where a lot of you being the smart mark that you are rubs off on me because that's the same thing I thought when I seen that. I would rather see her push her away, uh, suplex her, you know, give her an uppercut, something. But they're, they're protecting uh, Rousey. Yeah. And they're they're doing potentially more harm than good by not giving her a legitimate opportunity to lose the belt. Oscar. <laughs> you know, at, at, at some point you have to know when to balance it out. Same thing like I'm hoping they're gonna do to say Baron Corbin's career. Because if you gave him the the bullseye and you say, hey, man, I need you to take the fall for this bad rating stuff, even though we know it's our fault. You have to give him the opportunity to come back and build himself up and balance it out. Otherwise, you're shooting him in the foot. Speaking of Baron Corbin, um, the main event for Monday Night Raw was Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Uh, in my opinion, this match left a lot to be desired. It was okay I, I, I rated it so-so. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I'd say about the same. It, it could have been worse. I think that they both did their job. There was no high spot moments. But considering that that match came after the Rousey-Natalia match, then they just stole the show, and I think they just took their momentum. Mm-hmm. Took it straight out from and- under them. I thought that these two, those two matches, I thought Ronda and Natalia should have been the main event because when I seen it, that's what I thought. And I was like, hold up. They still got Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin. Why is Ronda, why is the championship match not the main event? That should have ended Raw right then and there. Yep. But then on the flip side, I don't know if you noticed this as we transition to SmackDown. How many women's matches were on SmackDown this week? Uh, Zero. I know. But here's the interesting thing. I thought that was a good call. Hmm. Because it gives a break for a moment and allows you to build upon 
other opportunities and show the significance. It gave Rusev v. Nakamura the platform to go three commercial breaks over 15 minutes worth of opportunity. It gave a bunch of other matches from uh, Andre uh, Andrade Cien Almas and Mustafa Ali to actually have a strong stage without being overshadowed because women are so hot on SmackDown are overshadowing everything else that happens. So Yeah, forget red hot. They're white hot. You had the, the Carmella insurgence for truth because that's a obligatory thing at this moment. I'd like to see them do show-ups on Raw and then go back and forth with it. But they had that, but since it was Christmas Day, you know, and then everything else was just putting stamps or kind of starting a spark for other matches and other opportunities that I, I thought was really smart and well worth it. Now, that could be because it was a Christmas show, so they kind of did this a little bit earlier, so they didn't want to pull the trigger too much on certain things, so they figured they'd wait until the new year, or it could just because somebody was actually intelligent and say, hey, let's just hold back and, and give them a week to desire the women, and then we'll go ahead and just go ham with the Becky Lynch thing, because they still are doing on WWE live events, Becky v. Charlotte v. Um, oh gosh, Oscar. Mm. And Singapore Canes are still coming into effect. So it's interesting to see that the fact that they're still running that triple threat match when we really should be, again, pushing towards Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte and Mania. Right. Well, before we jump into SmackDown, let's take a moment, take a break, pay a few bills, shoot it over to BJ, tell you about the infatuation, keep it right here, we're coming right back. And BJ, you make me hungry every time you talk about this, I just want to let you know. <laughs> oh, we be right back. And just like that, we right back like we never left. I'm hungry. Oh. <laughs> oh man, you know what? That that infatuation app, man. I, I know BJ gave y'all all the information, but geez, I'm gonna tell you from personal experience. It gives you ratings on restaurants in the area, and it is worth it. I will say that. I agree. I'm hungry. <laughs> If it was a restaurant that was open right now at midnight, then I would be on the app right now and say, hey, we're going to have to uh, take a little bit longer commercial break. But I will be infatuated tomorrow for lunch. There it is. Hey, you can find a lot of good places. I'm, when I say hole in the wall, that's some, some of the best food you ever have. That's right. Ben's Chili Bowl isn't something that, you know, became a national treasure at this moment if it wasn't for the fact that a lot of people discovered it just by walking up and down the street. True indeed. For those and it's that are visiting DC. It's funny you say Ben's Chili Bowl because uh the college football playoff is over. Both games are over and myself and BJ had a little bet going for Ben's Chili Bowl. He said Alabama would win by twenty. So he said twenty plus. So um, they only won by eleven. So I, I lost, but I won. So I'll take that, and I will be having a Ben's Chili Bowl order coming up 
from BJ. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 extremely happy about that. I need to get me in there in a bet somewhere. I don't know what. We'll have to discover something. Maybe what the best Super Bowl commercial is going to be. <laughs> oh, I know well, what that'll be. That'll be the XFL commercial. Indeed. I, I can agree <laughs> with you with that. I mean, it's it's a shame that we have to wait until 2020, but okay. I'll take it. Yeah, give him time. As long as he hate me, he comes back. That's all that matters. In some facet. He needs to be an announcer. He needs to be uh, a field correspondent, uh, junior coach. I don't know, whatever. We just see the jersey. That, that's, that's like the equivalent of the Attitude Era person. You have to have that person just somewhere and put it into the XFL for it to be the XFL. Sorry. Mm. See, and, and that. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it now on the SmackDown, but what were you going to say? Well, no, nah, I was going to say not only do you do, uh, you book wrestling shows, hey, you come up with marketing for sports campaigns all over. I'm just trying to get like my uh, Titan, Titan Sports uh, credentials going all across the board, man. Well, I um, you got to want it. I wish that they would call the Don. Hashtag give Don a chance. I think maybe we have to go ahead and just take it to the next level and hire Sally Struthers to do some commercials about this. <laughs> or, or, might work. or of, of modern times, Sarah McLaughlin singing a song with uh, a picture of me. You know, it's like, see this guy right here. Just give him a chance. <laughs> or Michael Jackson's hologram singing, We are the dawn. You know, that, that'd be great too. I can see Lionel Richie getting involved in that. So, Lionel Richie, if you're listening, <laughs> we, we, we need help. If Lionel Richie is listening, then. We definitely need to meet up at WrestleMania. I'll drive up and, for that. Indeed. Uh, starting off with SmackDown, um, you had a Truthy Claus and Car Car Carmel Alpha. Carmel Alpha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she she had a kid. I just call it Carmel Alpha, but because um, she looked. Oh my gosh, she looked good. But the real story to, tonight for that was Daniel Bryan. Hey, you know what? The new Daniel Bryan, he took it to our truth last night. I mean, uh, last night. He took it to our truth uh, on Christmas night, and I really didn't like it. And then nobody came out from the back to help out Truthy Clothes. What the hell? Oh, come on. You know that's what's supposed to happen. But I was, I was excited ex- about his promo. I was expecting a run-in, but what excited you about the promo? Just the fact that, again, Daniel Bryan, just like Becky Lynch, is evolving this heel character to become their own heel character. So I I, I strongly believe that Daniel Bryan, if he's not writing his own, he's got some strong input on exactly what's happening, how it's being delivered, what's being talked about, what's being transitioned into the different things that he's being interjected in. It was just perfect. 
It made sense. And again, it's also Daniel Bryan, the new Daniel Bryan character, not coming out being the quintessential, oh, I'm the bad guy and I'm just going to crap all over you, da 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 type of thing. He's almost like, I'm going to hug you, friend. But then at the same time, I'm going to educate you. And then I'm going to make you feel stupid. And then I'm going to beat you down. You know, it, it's like you, you're expecting, you want to, you have that moment where you're like, oh, it's Daniel Bryan. Here we go. And you're like, oh, but Daniel, it kind of makes sense. And he just kicks it back into that fickle. And you're like, oh, my God, I hate him again. It, it's, it's perfect the way he's doing it. So him hold the title for 20, uh, 365 days, absolutely, if he continues with those promos. Because we could take this version of Daniel Bryan and put anybody else in and out, in and out, in and out. And he has the potential to make a break like a Shawn Michaels, like a, a Sting, like a Ric Flair at this moment when it comes down to the situation. If Paul Heyman was a wrestler, then I would say just like a Paul Heyman. So no matter how you pull in and pull out, that Daniel Bryan can can really do some major awesome things. He could actually take EC3 to the next level just off of this character. And I, and I love how he's embraced it. I love how the fans are reacting to it. And he could still do Mania autograph signings. And then in the middle, I would just stand up and just start pointing to people and say, fickle, fickle. Or as the kid's coming up, what kind of parents does you, what, what kind of car does your parents drive? You know, mass consumer, you know, and just, you could play on that so many things to, to continue to build that. Now, I have to really start following his social media presence to see if he individually, well, away from the Bellas and their 2 million followers, is doing his own thing because I think if he's not utilizing that, he should be, and that will be the extra stamp to to keep his longevity going. I, I it's gonna take me a while to get used to this new Daniel Bryan. I, I will say that, but hey, it's working for him. I, I tell you that because it, it's not what you're used to. So I will give him that. Uh, first match of the night, Mustafa Ali, Andre Cien Almas. Mustafa Ali, it's a video online. Um, matter of fact, I seen it in uh on Facebook of him in Chicago, mm-hmm. and he was walking up the ramp and he stopped and he called for his daughter to come down, and everybody just went crazy. It's like hard not to love this dude. Yeah, and that was his hometown, so it all just played in and worked out great. I said it last week. Mustafa Ali is Evan Bo- without the injuries, the high flyer, everything you can name. He is that. And I think once he really gets a really good run and he gets you know, he gets his feet planted firmly on SmackDown or if he winds up going to Raw, he is going to be someone that you need to be afraid of. Yep. But you know what that magic opponent is? Who would that be? He's got to be able to talk. Uh, That's the X Factor. There's an interview that Jim Ross did many years ago, and they asked what was one of the most important things that uh, 
uh, superstar or wrestler at that point can do for their career. And he said they have to be able to talk. They got to study. They got to watch tape. They got to practice. You know, they really just spend time on their off days going down to the performance center and really honing that craft. You have to be able to talk. Just and I, I give both of those guys credit. Andrade and Mustafa had what I put down as a strong lucha style match. They both had huge pops. So it was a great match. It was second match of the night. But Ali has got to be able to talk. Almas doesn't have to worry if he gets his title shot because I see him uh, you know, doing great with Selena Vega doing all the talking and stuff like that. And, you know, he's the new Alberto Del Rio. But that's exactly what I was thinking about, too. Ali, as long as he can talk, he's got the shot because whatever's going to happen coming forward, it's going to be survival of the fittest for the opportunity. And if you're not ready to get up that mic and really drop a promo, like you see with uh, wrestling with families, little trailers where you see uh, them asking The Rock for some advice and he gives them the promo of a lifetime and says, that's what you need to do. That's what everybody needs to do now. They've got to be ready for that. Speaking of which, when that movie opens, I will be front, center, and first in line forward. Mm -hmm. I am anxious to see that. Uh, Next match of the night, the Usos and Gallows and Anderson versus the Bar and Sanity. <sighs> I understand that the Bar are it would, um, and also you had the New Day commentary ringside giving out uh, Christmas colored pancakes, but Big E kind of sort of disturbed me with the whole no, oiling up. And- <laughs> that was the second best part of the match, in my opinion. It was only two good parts. The Usos and that's Swagger and Big E. Yeah, but see, the thing about Big E, though, I, I wrote down a note and Big E oiled up not good, LOL. I mean, but I, I found it hilarious. But I was like, oh, man, he going to really do Corey like that. He really going to do Corey. Oh, man. I can't see like that That heel Big E when he first came in, uh, with 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 uh CM Punk and AJ Lee and he was rolling with them. I don't see that Big E anymore. I see this Big E and I like this one better because he's still a monster, but he's a monster that likes to have fun. And it seems like it fits him a lot better. I agree with that. But I think uh the new day can turn heel. Mm. And that would be on a level of a Daniel Bryan heel turn as well. Well, I that now that's one thing I can't see is the new day turning heel. Oh, it could happen. They were heel before. Mm, sheesh. Okay. Uh of course the Usos and Gallows and Anderson beat the ball insanity. Um uh, later on in the night, speaking of the Usos, they were backstage, and that was uh, Jay was getting ready to go find his wife, and he got a little distracted under the mistletoe, and lo and behold, who comes out of nowhere? Miss Naomi. 
She ain't playing. And I wrote down a note. Naomi is about that life. Y'all better stop playing with her. <laughs> I just, just she, she's, she, she, she gonna go hard for her man. So, mm-hmm. so watch out. And she's going hard on social media against Mandy Rose as well. Yes, yes, indeed. And I, I've been keeping up with that here and there. But I've been trying to, you know, I've been scrolling back, going through whatever I miss. And we we talked about it last week. Uh, keeping it kayfabe and I'm sitting there I'm wondering is this real is it kayfabe I don't know but it's got me glued so I really don't care if it's real or not but it's got me glued and I love it glued like Miss TV yes and speaking of Miss TV Shane agreed to team up with the Miz that's going to be very interesting you know, the first thing I thought about right there? What was that? You know, with Shane, uh, Vince, Steph, Trips, all taking over SmackDown and Raw again to get it back to where it was, you know, where it's supposed to be. The Miz might be able to use that to get himself a couple of title shots. And I think he will wind up in a title match against Daniel Bryan. I think it's going to end up being Shane versus The Miz. Because mm. an interesting thing to see is if Shane is still going to be doing all the work. Hmm. I didn't even think about Shane versus The Miz. Hmm. For Mania. Could be. It depends hey, you on know, who their matches against. You know, when Shane gets on a pay-per-view, he goes all out. I don't care how old he how old he is. He's going to go all out. And I think The Miz will be able to match that and go all out, too. I'd put them in a hell of a cell. And then yeah, I man. think magic could happen. Gee, me, Christmas. We got to be on the same <laughs> wavelength tonight because I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, hell in a cell. You let them go at it on top of the cell. Either Hell in a Cell or a cage, but either way, I'm going to see Shane jump off the top of the cage. I'm going to see him jump off the top of the, the cell. Something. But you know he's Shane is going to fly. So. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy. Samoa Joe wound up winning via disqualification. But this was a pretty good match but the whole time I'm sitting here I'm 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 watching it and I'm thinking I'm like you know this would be great if they were going at it for the TV title <laughs> yep. it would be awesome as big as both rosters are you know you get of course it used to be you got too many belts not enough contenders now it's you don't have enough belts, but you have way more contenders. So you know it's a problem. And the way to rectify that, bring the belts back. Bring the European champ. But they do have the European Championship back, but it's actually being defended the way it's supposed to be. Where it's only defended in Europe. Yep. Well, that's the that was the true intention of it, anyway. But they don't have, uh, what was that insurrection? was one of the uh, European pay-per-views that they had every year. Mm-hmm. And not only – it was another one I can't remember the name of, but those European 
pay-per-views where the European title was always defended and nine times ten it always changed hands. They don't have that anymore. I mean, you do have NXT UK. But you don't have that that constant, you know, defending of the European Championship. But it's just certain things that need to come back because Samoa Joe, I feel, is not being utilized the correct way. I've been saying that when they when he first came over and they sent him to NXT, I didn't feel that he was being utilized the right way. I thought he was good at NXT. He just yeah, lost and his I thought team he was on the main roster. Yes, and see that's the problem. Uh, but I never thought they would send him to NXT anyway. I mean, you know, Samoa Joe is one of the best. I, 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 let me rephrase this. Samoa Joe is one of the greatest wrestlers to come out of Ring of Honor. He was one of the top stars in TNA. And in my opinion, him, AJ Styles, before, you know, uh, the Hogan's, the Booker T's, and the Big Papa Pumps came over, him and AJ Styles kept TNA afloat. They mm-hmm. kept them relevant mm-hmm. along with. Jay Lethal and uh, their tag team division, their women's, their knockouts division. And I think that's what <laughs> WWE has done, has taken a page from TNA and turned it, drink something there, please. Don't choke. It's not, <laughs> that's my mom listening in. <laughs> Heard you talking <laughs> about TNA, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but they've taken a, 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 a page out of the the book and they've turned remember TNA women's division was exciting to watch and mm-hmm. WWE's women division wasn't really that good. Yep. But now TNA is of course on a downside because I, I got many reasons I won't say them, but their women's division now and WWE is what TNA's used to be. So I, I just feel that Samoa Joe should be I mean, he had that little feud with AJ Styles. And I say little because it was very little. It was short-lived. It wasn't what I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. I needed more. Like, you could have stretched that out, and you could have added different pieces of Samoa Joe just going through, just squat, you know, just squashing people to prove that he should be champion. You know, him just beating the hell out of somebody. And I'm talking about you. you that's the, the, the that run that I'm expecting from Samoa Joe. I'm expecting him to just beat every superstar you put in his way until he gets that title. And then once he gets the title, of course you let him hold it for three or five months. And then somebody comes in and, and winds up beating him, but he, he's still relevant. But long as he gets that run, I don't mean us title. I mean, heavyweight title. I mean, SmackDown championship. Well, I think you'll end up on raw at the superstar shakeup. I think Joe will go back to raw and he'll get those opportunities. Maybe IC title. Because what I would do in this climate, I would strip everybody of the belt and then shake everything up. I would not move the title holder. Hmm. I would just make it a, a full transition. That way, everybody is vying for the belt again. And that would be something that would be unexpected, come, considering that you're coming to WrestleMania one night and the title's being defended. And the next night, we're stripping all belts. I don't think the world would be expecting that. Not at all. Number Not one at contenderships all. would be determined based off of performance that night. 
So it wouldn't be, well, I was number one contender because I just wrestled for it'd be matches being won, new opportunities and stuff like that. But unfortunately, that would also mess up the Brock Lesnar thing. True. Unless he won it back and then went to UFC as a champion, which would be fair and fun as well. And then we had your call for match of the night. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev for the United States Championship. Yep. And speaking of my mom, we watched it together. She really enjoyed that match. Even though she didn't know what a Nakamura was. <laughs> the artist known as Shinsuke. But they, they told such a great story for that 15 plus minutes, three commercial breaks that it was just an, an unbelievable match. And I did not think that Rusev being a face could pull that level of storytelling along. And it also made Nakamura look more of a heel in that same aspect. Um, I would even want to mind him pushing Lana down at one point. That would have been another icing of the cake moment. But Rusev earned his title uh, when that, that night. I guarantee you that. Yes, he did. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you know something? Uh, I thought about this now. I believe you said it last week that if Shinsuke dropped the title, this is just nothing but moving him to the next level where he's going to wind up competing for the SmackDown title or possibly after Superstar shake up the Raw title. He's either way going to co- compete for a top tier title. But one of the the components that he missing, he can't ha- he can't speak on the mic. He may not need to, thanks to what happened after that match. The the final segment of the night, which I'm calling possibly the official bringover of the Bullet Club to WWE, and I'm hoping that's where they're going with this. That segment with AJ and Vince. And uh-huh. Vince attacking AJ. At first, it made no sense to me. It's like, why are you pushing for AJ to turn heel in such a fashion? But he kept saying, you have it in you. You have it in you. The only thing he had in him that's not in WWE is the Bullet Club. So we've already got AJ, Gallows, and Anderson. I don't understand why we couldn't do Bullet Club, and that would free up Finn Balor to also recognize Bullet Club or to feud with the Bullet Club, Balor versus Bullet, because Balor may not want to take that mature role, for lack of a better term. But that's, that's what I think could come out of that. And if that's the case, then I would put Nakamura in the U.S. version of the Bullet Club, so he wouldn't need to talk. That would also open a door for Cody Rhodes to enter in as a Bullet Club member. The Young Bucks to enter in as Bullet Club members. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity there if properly curated in 2019. And I don't see why they could not do a Bullet Club t-shirt. But the only thing that I I wouldn't understand is uh... (coughs) excuse me. (coughs) I wouldn't understand uh, Finn Balor not wanting to be back with the Bullet Club because because the Ballard Club is its own branded marketing and retail line. 
So mm, ballot that is for everyone, and Bullet Club is for Bullet Club members. Not everybody is worthy to be in a Bullet Club. And that would give you a, just another few layer of opportunity that you could have in the midst of that without it being NWO red and black versus NWO black and white. It could be, I'm not associated with that. And what you guys are standing for with the Bullet Club being the heel stable. Okay, hold on. Let, let, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me throw a little something out there that, that came to mind. Okay. You got Gallows, Anderson, you have AJ Styles. There's your Bullet Club. You bring in Shinsuke. They, oh, Finn Balor comes back to uh, 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 SmackDown or either way, don't matter which show, okay? Mm-hmm. They feud with Finn Balor, goes back and forth. Finn, you know, he's being attacked from all angles, but he's defending himself. And just when you think it's all over, just when you think it all, it's all over, Okay, Adam Cole comes up. He's a former member of the, of the Bullet Club. Of course, you said the Young Bucks. Okay, everybody's came over. Soon as Finn think he has, and you know, an ally in other wrestlers, guess who shows up? Chris Jericho. Mm-mm. Kenny Omega. Oh. So now you have not only does WWE have the Bullet Club, but they have the three leaders of the Bullet Club. So you got AJ and Kenny Omega standing shoulder to shoulder with Bala and the Bala Club just there. So you got two factions going back and forth against each other. And it's not that type of NWO dominating the the the, the, the card type thing, but it's more of a all hell breaks loose. It can be one match of Bala Club versus Bullet Club. But the match never finishes clean because all hell breaks loose. So you're saying and bring back, uh, the one night only pay per view? Make it an ECW. Hey, I wouldn't event. mind that. that I, I wouldn't mind that. It could happen because all they have to do is really just cut the check. It doesn't need to be a Legends contract. It doesn't need to be anything long. It just needs to be a, a cross promotional contract between WWE and New Japan, WWE and Ring of Honor, WWE and TNA, or. Global Force Wrestling. Just one check, one time. It's good for business, no matter which way they're, they're cross-promoting. And then just let it be that. If you're going to give the, the, the fans what they want. But now that's a good question. Why is it that WWE doesn't have that contract they once had with New Japan, where WWE wrestlers went to New Japan. New Japan wrestlers came over to WWE. The, the way it used to be, what was that? That was the uh, mid-80s, I believe. And up until the early 90s, they had that, where they cross-promoted. It's called WCW. Hmm. That, that That's what that was. You know, that competition said, well, if they're doing it, I can do it too. And, and now, then I remember... What were you going to say? No, I remember TNA had the same contract. Yeah, but TNA was smart. They're like, hey, we don't want to steal from you. We just want to feature some of your guys over here and then some of our guys wrestling there anyway. Why not? Let's just put it all together. Because you had uh, Team 3D, a.k.a. the Dudley Boys, as TNA Tag Champions, New Japan Tag Champions. At the same time, they came out 
with both belts. And they nobody could beat them. And then they wound up losing the bid. They lost, but they didn't lose the bid money on TNA programming. They lost the bid money on New Japan programming. And the next thing you know, bid money walks into the arena with both belts. I mean, I was that actually made me excited. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But I mean, like I said, it's all up to what if they're going to put their money where their mouth is and if it's really going to be, okay, we're trying to give the people what they want or we're just giving fan service. And it's going to be the same old thing, just kind of repackaged until they realize what's going on. Hmm. And go one of two ways. Or really, how much influence and final say is Vince going to have on some of what's going on? Is he going to let Triple H slide a couple more ideas through and get some of uh, the the NXT feel into the main roster? Because SmackDown was fun. It was very upbeat, a lot of fun. Raw wasn't too bad either uh, in comparison to the prior week. But you could tell how much real fun was being had at SmackDown, like real fun all across the board. And again, you know, for it not having the women being featured, to have a strong show from beginning to end was really cool, really important. Your world champion didn't wrestle. He had one main segment and then a run-in on Mustafa Ali. You had a title change that was match of the night that that, that covered pretty much the end of the second hour. You had uh, a TV segment, quote-unquote, that took up another five minutes. That was really good and entertaining and gave the fans what they wanted. Um, then you had a cruiserweight lucha-style match with Almas and Ali. And you had your fun whimsical match with really, we'll just call it the New Day was out there match. <laughs> and that took uh-huh. I mean, you, you had a lot of stuff that was going on and you told a lot of great stories and a lot of great opportunities. So the question is how much Vince is going to be intertwined to everything. Not saying it's a bad idea or Vince doesn't need to be because he's still the boss. He's got the vision, but just a couple little tweaks here and there to, to break the mold or do something counter to what the norm would be. And Ruby said, well, I'm just, I, I was more, pleased with SmackDown and Raw this week than I have been the last couple of weeks. It kind of it, it, it held my attention more than what it has, especially the ending of SmackDown. And I hate sometimes that SmackDown was only two hours. Uh, when AJ Styles attacked Mr. McMahon, I was like, okay, where we get ready to go from here? And then next thing I know, that's it. I'm like, oh, I forgot it's only two hours. Damn it. That's all I could think. Because it had me... Now, you gave me Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, which was a a pretty daggone good match. Then after that, because I I felt that that was a great build-up. Then you give me Shinsuke Rusev. Rusev wins the United States Championship. Of course, that was good for me because I, I called it. But it had me on the edge of my seat 
and then I get AJ Styles, Vince McMahon, and then you kind of sort of left me hanging just a little bit. Damn, that's all I could think. Yeah, and but, that's how it needs to be because nobody right. was expecting. Like I said it was so out, out there and far fetched, and then you just had that. It's like, well, what 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 do we get from this? What can we get from this? And that's how awesome it became. It's just the simple fact that it, one more show, and it may not be network. It, it could be WWE programming. Maybe a, a, a it wouldn't be a Thursday night. So because you would have to during the football season, you would have to compete with Thursday night football. Wednesday's too soon. So something like a Friday or a Saturday show would be perfect. I mean, you had back in the day, you had superstars. You had Saturday night main event. Uh, you had what was it, Saturday Night Titans? You had those pro that programming, but something because I, I I feel that you got Monday, you got Tuesday, and then you have to wait until Monday unless something you know else comes on. You have to wait to see you know what's going on with Raw, and and I think that's a lot of places. If you put another show in there, that's where you take your lower tier matches and you kind of recap what happened Monday and Tuesday and things like that, but. I remember a point in time where you had Sunday Night Heat, Monday Night Raw, uh, Thursday SmackDown, Shotgun Saturday Night. So you had something nearly every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would just – I kind of sort of missed that because – It can happen. If, if you got your own network. I don't see why I can't. Yeah, and it could be a taped show. It doesn't have to be live. Right, something that you you tape after Raw or you tape after SmackDown, or, or the, the dark Stop. shows that happened before Raw. And and they, or you, you do Just it like before. It used to be Saturday Night Heat. You had the cut in that you recorded. You know that would show on Raw. Well, I'm sorry, on, on the USA Network, and then you know you would have Heat when it was taped that would go into that. And then you would have all those moments come together. So it's it's a lot of opportunity. I just, I, I, this is one thing that I kind of sort of wish that they would listen to us and us as the fans, us, and I wish they would listen to sideline junkies also, but us as the fans, because sometimes you kind of, you don't want to oversaturate it, but you want to still be in the loop with different things. And you're seeing the, I, I wish they put NXT on TV because a lot of people, that don't have the network are kind of sort of star for NXT to see that next level that's coming up. So, I mean, Hey, WWE network, you get a free month. It's nine 99 a month. I've had it for two months. One of the best purchases that I've ever had because I am highly, highly satisfied with this network. And things possible. The opportunity is there. I just need to be uh, tweaked out a little bit and opportunities to be dialed in and then everything will be spot on. Well, you got anything else you want to add there? Man, that was just an exciting week. And now we're going into 2019. So next time we come back together, it'll be a brand new year. 
We will have uh, another Raw and SmackDown under the books, and then we'll get to see exactly what's going to be coming on the road to WrestleMania. And it's it's funny you say that. That's the first note that I took uh, was this is our last last wrestling podcast for 2018. Hmm. <sighs> One thing I can say. Every week it gets better and better. And the, the the things that I've learned over the course of the last few months of doing this, I've I, I said it once before, and I credit you for this. I found my love for wrestling all over again. Like, oh, shoot, you're trying I'm, to build me up like I'm Brock Lesnar or something. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm always be your hype, man. I mean, come on now. Can't ask for a better tag team partner. We have to call you KG Harvey. See, I'm just, I, I just to find a love, and then not only that, it has rubbed off onto my youngest child, my daughter, who's six. She's been asking me for a belt. Mm-hmm. I went out and I found her a Raw Women's title, and she has done some things in the last couple of days that just made me smile she's walking to her older sister's room with her belt around her waist and she walked in flipped the light on and she told her see this right here she took her belt off she held it up she said see this right here you'll never hold this this is mine and she put her belt over her shoulder and she says fatty get out she said i don't have to get out i'll body slam you right now and count one two three because you can't beat me i made you tap and then she flipped the light out and walked out. I don't think I've ever been more proud as a, a as a parent of this little girl <laughs> outside of outside of her honor roll run. But each one of my children have done something wrestling wise that just made me say, you know what? I'm doing something right. Her my my ten year old son landed frog splashes from the top rope and landed them perfectly without hurting himself. My oldest son, who's 14, will be 15 in about a week and a half, kind of taking different moves and putting them together, and he now he has his own finishing move. I'm just I'm I'm proud of these kids all, all the way around. I'm proud of them, and I gotta give credit where credit is due. The one, the only, the Don has made me re fall in love again with wrestling as a whole not just wwe i'm watching everything i'm watching cody rose with ring on in new japan i'm watching everything and hey i gotta get a credit to you brother hey i gotta give the the credit and and kudos to you and bj give me the opportunity to come on every saturday and a sunday night on the mothership and talk about some uh professional wrestling and some sports entertainment every week so it's no longer just me watching it you know once again i have an outlet to be able to bounce some ideas and some conversation and shoot the breeze and i know we're going to have some uh, big opportunities and big things happening in 2019 with the podcast and we appreciate all the listeners hopefully we give you uh, some interesting perspectives uh positive and challenging intro and retrospectives on exactly what's happening in uh, the WWE and et cetera universes and 
you know, again, at the end of the day, all we want to see is this product that's going to take us back to the glory times of the 80s and, and the Attitude Era in the 90s. To have those opportunities for these young kids to see and experience what we experienced when it was a talk of the town and it was just so palpable and it was all through, well, we just had the media at that point. It wasn't social media, it was just the media and, and water cooler, quote unquote, conversations and you were beating each other outside as well as inside on your N64s or Xboxes and PlayStation 2s and stuff like that. When it was just the, the talk of the town, it was just hot and heavy. So if that can come back, which is very possible, and we will see what happens because I'm keeping my fingers crossed for this John Cena that is prime for him to come back and be the heel of all heels. What do we need John Cena face for? What is the purpose? He's not going to put the, the viewership in droves, in my opinion, onto the brand. But a heel turn would start 2019 off with conversation all the way through WrestleMania because he would eclipse, like I said last week, Daniel Bryan. And the new Daniel Bryan would be like, that's fickle. You know, I could see Ron Simmons coming out with a damn once he <laughs> sees that. I mean, there's just so much you can do with the full heel turn, John Cena. Well, and, you know, they've been talking about John Cena coming back to SmackDown. And, and it's pitch. Wow, wow, what, what, what? I didn't see the Raw. I seen SmackDown. I didn't see Raw. He's the only free agent that, well, I'm sorry, along with The Undertaker. They're the only two that can travel between brands. They're not owned by either brand as of yet. Mm. Mm. Mm, that's gonna be tough, but I they got pictures floating around. I seen it on Instagram a couple of hours ago. John Cena wearing an NWO shirt may not mean nothing, but hmm, is all I'm gonna say. Please, like I said, we just need a heel turn, a hundred percent commitment on a heel turn from John Cena would rock the 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 sports entertainment universe because he doesn't need the money. No, so if his T-shirt sales go down doesn't matter. They'll probably triple and quadruple in sales for a heel Cena all black shirt that says hustle loyalty Cena. <laughs> the hell with respect. Yeah, it's hustle loyalty Cena. It's all about him. Hey, that is hmm, something to think about. You know what? I think we could take 25-35 minutes and I bet first show of 2019 layout scene this year. I guess I, I I guarantee it. I don't I don't even have everything that you would put into it, but I guarantee you could lay out Cena's entire year for 2019 with about 20 minutes. Well, what I would like to see, yes, absolutely. But the thing is, what when you say what you would like to see, nine times out of ten, um, let me rephrase that. Nine and three quarters times out of ten. That's what everybody else wants to see. That's how spot on. And you, one thing, you got your finger on the pulse. It's like you'll say something. And of course, it's going to make perfect sense. But not only when you say it, you speak it into existence and it happens. It may not happen next week, may not even happen in three weeks. 
but it happens a little ways down the line. The whole Denia Jack's turn, you called that a month and a half, two months in advance. Uh, the whole Miz Daniel Bryan thing, we both called that, mm-hmm. and how that how that was going to turn out, we called that. Um, shoot, I can't even name everything you called. You you called the whole Becky Lynch thing. I wasn't on the Becky Lynch train. I'm still kind of. I got one foot in, one foot on the platform, but I wasn't on the Becky Lynch train. You've been on the Becky Lynch train for the longest, and you called that. So, you know, you saying what you want to see, that's what needs to be done because guess what? It's going to keep butts in the seats. That's what it's all about. That's what the transition needs to be, be for, the, what, the last uh, four or five years. It's been about merch in the pocket. Now it needs to go back to butts in the seats. Because remember, everything was all about what T-shirts debuting and and what can they buy and all these add-ons, which is great. That's how you make your profit. But it needs to be butts in the seats that fill up arenas that buy the merch as a, a residual. That was a, the, the, the proper transition. You get them there, you excite them, they're going to buy the merch. Remember, a 316 shirt, if you found it in your size at a live event, that's because you were there three hours early standing in line waiting to be able to get in to buy the 316 shirt before they started selling them in the stores. Mm. So, <laughs> Still a tough shirt to find. Mm-hmm. So going back to those opportunities is what it's all about. And that's how you well, do <laughs> You know what? I learned a long time ago. When greatness speaks, you ain't got nothing else to say about it. So with that being said... <laughs> Of course, you can hear us right here on Anchor FM. This is our home. We're coming up on a whole entire year in a couple of months. So that's something big. Um, You can also hear us on Radio Public, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Podchaser, and Podbean. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram, Sideline Junkies. Uh. On Facebook, Sideline Junkies colon podcast. Email sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. And don't forget about sidelinejunkies.com. Uh, it's still a work in progress, but it's up. It's running. Uh, links to the shows there. Um, I'm trying to get those all our uh, Christmas videos and our wrestling pictures and everything posted. But, uh, hey, like I said, it's a work in, in progress. So, uh, tomorrow, well, later on in the day, in about nine hours and some change, uh, the fellas will be back. I'll be back with the fellas for week 17, our last week of the regular season. So, we'll be getting those picks in and getting some things in. I'm hoping and praying that, you know, we got a full house, don't know what life's going to throw at us. But I want to make it a big show since the last week of the regular season. With that being said, what I say every Saturday night to the Don, the smart mark, the man himself. Not only is he the people's champ, but he's the people's choice. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Find me on WWE 2K19 on the PlayStation 4. (laughs) See? And I'm KG, and we are the Sideline Junkies.
and we are out of here. Good night.